It's time for Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck, here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point is brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. The New York Lottery. Get out there and play. PSENG. We make things work for you. And brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit MBUSA.com today. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you as we're recapping the Giants' 17-9 loss to the Rams at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles as the Giants fall to 0-4 for the first time since 2017 when they lost their first five games. The Rams now improving to 3-1. and And Bob, timing is everything. It's the old cliche, but I think it's pretty much the perfect way to sum up a game like this. People are going to point to the fact that the Giants had a plus seven-minute time of possession edge, but time of possession doesn't mean anything, I would argue, at the end of the day when all of those lengthy drives add up to field goals and then the opposing team gets a home run touchdown pass for 55 yards. That was ultimately the biggest difference maker. Yeah, Lance, I mean, if you look at this game, uh, excuse me, I'm fixing my mask. If you look at this game and, you know, from the middle of the second quarter, Giants kind of controlled this football game and they constantly would get the ball to midfield or get it to the Rams, you know, 40-something yard line and then, you know, a drop pass, a missed throw, a missed assignment, a negative play, and you're punting the football away. And, you know, their inability to have any kind of home run threat uh, to sort of break break a play and make a play and something big is you know is a problem and the quarterback Carl you know he had he threw a, a ball in the third quarter to Slayton that he overthrew him um but he had Ingram on the cross who was wide open that on a third down you know little things like that are just going to keep this team from really being successful against better teams. And the Rams are a better team. Now, I thought the Giants played really well. They played really hard. They played excellent defense mm-hmm. for the most part with the one breakdown. But it's hard to win when you're just – you constantly have to be perfect all the time. Yeah, and here's the thing with – when you talk about the quarterback, if we just fast forward to the last play that he had, it's not necessarily that he decided to throw the football. It's where he threw the football. Like, if you're in a game-winning or game-tying drive, every decision you make has to be done with a great deal of thought on the run, meaning if he throws that ball to the outside and either it's his receiver or it's going out of bounds, that's the type of play you have to make. If you decide you're not going to run it and you want to give your receiver a chance, Give him a receiver. Give the receiver a chance throwing the ball towards the sideline. Um, actually, throwing it inside was actually against his body. Give your receiver that chance, and if it doesn't uh, complete, it's out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, on the throw to Ratley, uh, first of all, Jones could have run the ball. There was plenty of time, and the Giants still had a timeout. But more importantly, you're right. I mean, if you're throwing the out, you've got to make sure you throw the out yeah. to the outside where the defensive player is either going to have to go through the man and it's going to be yep. DPI or it's going to be caught or it's going to be incomplete. But you can't, you can't make that mistake and be that careless with the football. And, Carl, you know, coming into this weekend, uh, since the start of last season, I mean, Daniel Jones second in the NFL in giveaways with 29 to Jameis Winston's 35. And Winston's not playing this year. Sure. All right, so um, – you know, now now that's 30 giveaways, you know, and he didn't play every game last year. So it's it's I mean, it, it's you got to be concerned by it. And and look, it was a good team effort. I thought there were a lot of things that if you're a Giants fan, you have to feel proud about your team because most people thought the Giants were going to lose by at least two touchdowns in this game. Even Giants fans thought there was no chance to win. And they had a chance this whole game. Yeah. And listen. You know, if, if you're if you're looking for growth, there was some growth there. I think this offensive line showed more cohesion in this game than they did in their previous three. They had a dominant defensive player in the middle of their offensive line, and he was pretty much contained the whole game. He got, I think, he got a half sack, 
But, you know, outside of the first quarter, they started to come together. Now, the other part of this, too, is as this coaching staff gets to learn this personnel, there are two things that stand out. Um, When they gave up the big play, that big play happened because you involved two inexperienced players to, to, you're counting on those two guys to make the right decisions. Darnay Home blitzes. Julian Love has the coverage that he vacated. Love zones off the guy that Holmes had, not knowing that there was no help anywhere else in the field. So you've got to understand that. The other piece of it is look at the di- different dynamics of your running game. What does Wayne Gallman give you? that Freeman doesn't. I think we know what Freeman is. He's a between-the-tackles runner. Um, this this staff doesn't know a lot about Wayne Gallman other than what he does in practice, but I think today was a pretty good sampling of his vision and his footwork in terms of how he attacks a defense and his ability to get through places that Freeman doesn't. Yeah, I mean, the, the pass protection uh, was pretty good. Uh, in this game for the most part, Carl. But uh, in the second half, it certainly tightened up. But at the end of the day, um, you know, this team is just not good enough to make the – when you got first and 10 at the 15-yard line, you got the Rams on their heels. Mm -hmm. You can't have, you know, a run that goes for six yards and face second and four at the nine, but it gets negated because you have an illegal shift or an illegal formation. Right. Then you get – some of the penalty yardage back and then some, but then you get called for a false start. So, you know, you can't – they don't – because they don't have a receiver that you could just throw it to and he's going to jump over somebody and he's sure. going to make a catch or he's going to just – he's too good and you can't – they don't have any of those players on their team. No. Uh, Slayton's a nice player. Ingram's a nice player. But there's no player on the Giants right now that is – plays highly above the X's and O's on offense. So when you make mistakes like that, you it's just it's hard to win. Yeah, and the thing about that too, Bob, that also goes to how they run the football because playing above the X's and O's often comes when your offense is in rhythm and then when you need a play, you have a defense that has to think about a lot of things and those guys can go out and make a play for you. But like you said, when you're chasing – down in distance a lot you just you don't have a calvin johnson on this team even at the tight end position listen um they're moving evan ingram around a lot he's outside the numbers he's in line sometimes i think if they get a rhythm in the run game and i think a a wayne gallman combination with evan ingram probably makes ingram a better in line pass receiver when he's not in line He's just another receiver that can't get open a lot. Ingram was targeted 10 times, six catches, 35 yards, 5.8 a catch. Uh, Slayton, three catches for 48 yards. Um, you know, with Shepard out, obviously we know Barkley's going to be out for the year. There's just a lack of explosion that exists. Um, so this team's margin is just really small. And when you're constantly getting into the red zone or the fringe red zone and you're settling for field goals – it's really hard to win because eventually the other team is going to score a touchdown. Right. I mean, well, scoring's up in the NFL all over the place. Yeah, and well, the good news is they're getting to the red zone. Now the next step for them is to, to convert those into seven, six points. Especially since the fact that now in two of their four losses, they have allowed 17 points, yet the offense didn't do enough to win the game. And usually when you hold an opposition to 17, that usually is a good barometer to walk away with perhaps a W. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Odell Beckham scores three touchdowns as the Browns stun the Cowboys 49-38. Wake up with Boomer and Geo morning 6-10 to 10 on WFAN, WFAN-FM, New York. Bob and Carl also mentioned the penalties. What's crazy about the Giants, they don't have a high volume of penalties. They've had five or less in all four games. The problem is 
they come at the worst possible time. You have four penalties today, three against the offensive line, and the two that Bob referenced came right in the red zone when it looked like the Giants were knocking on the door in the end zone. 877-337-6666. That is the telephone number. You can also tweet at us using hashtag GiantsChat. Let's open up the phone lines. Dwight is in Ellenwood, Georgia. He joins us here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. What's happening, Dwight? Hey, Lance. How you doing, buddy? Doing very well. What's on your mind? Good. Good. Um, Bob and uh, Carl stole my kind of thunder, but they were telling the truth. Um, inopportunities, making mistakes, you know, when you're down there in the, on the 15-yard line, offsides, legal procedures and stuff, is just not at the right moment. And, uh, you know, I was watching the game some, and when um, um, Dan, uh, uh, Jones was kind of targeting on that one receiver and it looked like the Rams' defense was kind of, you know, checking that out each time he was targeting the receiver. But at that last play there, I thought he should have ran the ball out of bounds and then given another shot to guy to go in the end zone. I'm still pulling for him. I thought the defense played a heck of a game. Um, it's just that one play, you know, with uh, Cooper Goff got into the end zone and stuff. But I'm still pulling for him. I'm not going to give up on the Giants. All right, Dwight. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for weighing in. Bob, you guys were talking about the penalties, and we will certainly get more into that when we come back here. But one thing that I just wanted to piggyback off of real quick, last week, remember, it was the 3rd and 22 that Darnay Holmes was called for a penalty. That gave the Niners new life, and then Lorenzo Cotter a face mask, which gave the Niners an opportunity to redo an extra point. This has been a theme so far throughout the course of the season. Giants fall to the Rams 17-9 to in Los Angeles. We'll step aside, come back, continue to get more of your reaction. Also break down how the Giants just fell short on that final drive with an interception by Daniel Jones. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you here as we are recapping the Giants' 17-9 loss to the Rams in Los Angeles as the Giants now fall to 0-4 on the season. Rams improved to 3-1. And And speaking of the defensive performance, they forced the Rams to punt five times in this game. To put that in perspective, the Rams had five total punts in the first three games combined. So the Giants' defense certainly met the Giants' offense more than halfway. Unfortunately, the offense just couldn't capitalize on some of their opportunities. We'll get back to the phones here in a second, but first, a reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by the New York Lottery is the Giants' daily call-in show on Giants.com every weekday from 12 to 1. The archive can also be found on the Giants' mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. 877-337-6666. Richard is in Manhattan. He joins us here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. What's happening, Richard? Richard going once. Decision. Yes. To we... go for it on fourth and 11, down 17 to 9, three and a half minutes to go at the 28-yard line. Your kicker is three for three. Your defense is playing great. You have three timeouts, two-minute warning left. Tom Coughlin, Bill Parcells, not even Ali Sherman would have gone for it. But they stopped them anyway. Oh, they they went for it, it and they still stopped them. So you could have gotten the field goal made at 17-12. Kick the ball off. They get it at the 20. You would have stopped them there. You would have gotten it at the 40 with at least one timeout, maybe even two timeouts, because that Ram guy, uh, the wide receiver, didn't go out of bounds. You would have had a much better chance. In all my years of football, I don't understand how the degradation of coaching has been like this. Totally I don't see totally any way you should have to- gone for it. No, totally you tossed to- the ball okay. at Kate. Okay. Even if Kate oh, hold on. But, oh, hold on. Richard, hold on. Hold on, okay? Hold on. Relax. Take we a breath. Calm down. Take we, a breath. We disagree <laughs> with you. We said it at the time. It was four-down territory. A field goal doesn't do you that much. And you don't have any better chance than having it where they had it to end the game. It was a bad throw by your quarterback. It's where they they messed up at. It's Listen, they got themselves down the football field, and they had a chance to score and tie the game. So I'm not sure where the degradation of coaching is when players on the field in their decision-making or mistakes are hurting them. That, that that's you know, if you want to point to a coach, you want to you want to you might want to point to a team that's very young and making a lot of youthful mistakes. Now I, I you know, I don't have a lot other than the fact that I thought Wayne Gallman should have contributed more to this offense. I don't have a lot uh, to criticize the coaching on. I think 
when you look at a team that, that took the field that was expected to lose by two touchdowns, and I'm not saying losing is a consolation if you lose by uh, less than two touchdowns, but they gave themselves a chance, and the players have to execute on the field. I'm not sure where you, your anger is coming from at the coaches. Did you watch the game? I'm not blaming Jones for taking the sack when he should have thrown it out. It doesn't matter. The coach still has to make the right decision at that point. That was the wrong call. No, uh, guess what? Guess what? We disagree with you. Okay. We completely disagree because the bottom line of this is, in this football game, in the last four minutes of the game, twice you had the ball within a range to get the touchdown and tie the game up, and you failed both times. And you keep going. It's like in basketball. Why you keep fouling at the end of the game? Maybe they missed the foul shots. You extend the game. You don't have to go for three-point shots all the time. Okay, you know what? You and I and Carl are going to disagree forever. Uh, with 2.37 to go, I had no problems with them going for it on fourth down. They didn't get it. They got the stop. They drove it downfield again. The bottom line is they still can't get the ball in the end zone. So if you kick the field, you're still running into the same problem of you can't score touchdowns. Yeah, you're down by five points, so you still need a score. You still needed a touchdown. Well, here's the other thing, guys, that I want to add. The caller is also going under the hypothetical, which is the coulda, woulda, shoulda game. After the field goal, okay, let's say Gano makes the field goal at 17-12. Remember, there is then a kickoff. Do we know how the Rams return that? Do we also know how the Rams change their play calling? Are they going to be a little bit more aggressive now that it's a five-point game? Is it going to be the same? Because the caller was laying out, well, you know, cup runs out of bounds. They force a punt. We don't know. That's a big hypothetical that's playing out even after you make the field goal. Right, because now if you don't get a first down and you're not more aggressive and they get the ball back, a touchdown and you lose, the Rams always knew in their back pocket the worst-case scenario, if they don't get a first down when they get the ball and they have to punt the football away, the worst-case scenario is they're going to overtime, meaning the Giants would have drove it down the field, gotten a two-point conversion to tie the game. If the other scenario plays out and the Giants kick a field goal, and they're down by five, maybe the Rams run their offense differently knowing that a touchdown loses the game for them the other way. Completely different philosophy. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry. Were you going to add something? That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying there, big fella. Completely agree with you. For more game analysis, check out Giants Rewind each week for a breakdown of the X's and O's with analysis from one of our Giants legends. All your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Let's head back to the lines and we check in with Tyler in San Diego. Tyler, welcome aboard. What do you got for us? Hey, thanks for having me. I just want to say, Carl, Bob, I love you guys. I think you guys do a great job. Um, that being said, this team is god-awful, and I cannot take it anymore. I mean, it's an organizational problem with this team. They don't know how to draft. They don't know how to scout. It starts all the way at the top with John Mara and trickles its way down. Look around the league. They're worse than the Jaguars. They're worse than the Bengals. They're worse than the Browns. I mean, we're talking about awful organizations here. Daniel Jones, he seems like a nice kid, but oh, my God. He's turning the ball over at an alarming rate. What did they have? Two touchdowns this year, seven uh, turnovers. They got three, but who's counting? Go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah. They they have three touchdowns all year. Think about that. We're 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 a quarter through the season. They've only scored three touchdowns, and this is the year when everybody in the NFL is scoring touchdowns. It's well, yeah. That that listen, listen. Is. You that is a that is a legitimate complaint, concern, argument. If you're a Giants fan. I mean, scoring in the NFL through the first three weeks is at an all-time high. And the fact that the Giants have three touchdowns through their first four games, it's it's hard to wrap your brain around it. Yep. Now, obviously, you know, with Saquon Barkley not here, that's a big factor. But, you know, Carolina's scoring. They got no McCaffrey. Yeah, well, listen, you are what your record says you are, and it's going to be that way until it changes. So it's up to this Giants football team to get it together. I think, um, like I said, I I threw expectations out the window, and I'm just going to grow with what I see. And, you know, there are some positive things. It's not a consolation if they don't result in victory, but I can see some things that can lead to victory. But 
you know, it starts on offense with your quarterback. Your quarterback's got to make good decisions with the football and in-game management. Um, and you sum that up with the last play of the game. It was an interception where if he doesn't run it, he throws it to the sidelines and only he in the sideline uh, ball boy could get that ball, but he throws it back inside the receiver, which actually he threw it across inside of his body. And throw, if he's running one way, just throw it outside. So, I mean, these are things that if they're going to have any success or any chance to win, when you give yourself a chance to be um, victorious or, or to tie a game, you got to make those decisions. We've got Joe Judge speaking to the media. Let's hear from the head coach. All right, guys, obviously we came up a little short today. Uh, I'm proud of the way our guys fought. I'm proud of the way they played. we got to make sure we clean up and eliminate some mistakes and keep making more positive plays going down the stretch. Um, I'm, I'm proud of the way they fought. They're an improved team from last week. I'm proud of the way they worked last week. I'm proud of the improvement they made. we got to keep pushing on and making strides going forward. Obviously, we're going to a tough stretch right now with the division, so we can't afford to make these mistakes. Um, obviously, we're, we're anxious already to get back on the grass and stop working. Uh, We'll start immediately with watching the tape tonight as coaches, improving what we can. Then we'll fly back tomorrow and uh, get with the team on Wednesday. That being said, I'll open up for any questions right now that I can answer. Dougie. Hey, Joe. Uh, first off, what's your reaction to the fight with Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey after the game? You know, I got to see and find out all the details right there, Dan. I don't have anything right there. Uh, not yet, anyway. Obviously, we want to do our fight in between the whistles for 60 minutes. I don't know all the details, so I'm going to hold and reserve comment on that till I find out everything. And then on the uh, the fourth and fourth, about 10 minutes left, uh, you know, decision to punt there just went into that. Yeah, we were playing good defense. We had field position. We wanted to win right there, put them on back. I thought it was a good time to, you know, put the ball to our defense and let them play. So, Bruce Beck. Coach, how do you build on an effort like this going forward? Same way we build every week, Bruce. You go in there, you show them the tape, you show the evidence of what we did right to make improvements. You show them what happened wrong that we have to clean up, and then you shift your focus to the next opponent. You got to keep on moving. You can't ride a roller coaster in this league. It's a long season. There's a lot of ball to be played. Like I said, we're an improved team from last week. I'm proud of the way the guys worked the entire week. I'm proud of how they fought today. We've got to make sure we don't have self-inflicted wounds that stop us from having the wins we need. Hi, Leonard. Joe, what do you think is stopping your offense from getting in the end zone? You know, Pat, I got to go ahead and look at all the tape. You know, I was proud of the way they moved the ball today on that. I thought we were more balanced. When we had to run the ball at the end of the game, we were able to make some chunk runs. We threw the ball in tough situations, had to make some passes. You know, we stuck with the plan throughout the game. So, you know, we've got to obviously take a look at that. You know, any adjustments we have to make, we will. Um, but today, you know, it was a different situation. We just stuck with the plan. On that late touchdown, well, how, how much did Colbert help you as your free safety and how big was losing him um, on that key touchdown there? Yeah, I think AC did a good job for the most part in the game. Obviously, I got to look at the tape and kind of dissect every play, but he came out, he played a good game. Julian back, went back in there. You know, we have a lot of faith in Julian as well. So, look, all the guys that come to the game for us, they're all going to play. Everyone's got a role in every game. So, whoever's in there has to be accountable for the plays on the field. Zach? Joe, uh, the I mean, jumping off of Pat's first question, the offense has scored, I think, three touchdowns in four games and uh, hasn't scored a touchdown in the last two weeks. I'm, I'm just curious, what, what makes you think that this group can improve on that based on what you've seen so far? Yeah, the focus is going back to work right now and doing everything we can to match up against the opponents going forward. So we've got to build on what we have and who we have available, and we've got to make sure we put them in the best situations to be successful. And did, did you see what, what, what went wrong on the Cooper Cup touchdown? It looked like maybe there's a miscommunication there or something. You know, obviously, any time that there's a touchdown, nothing went exactly right. So we've got to look and make sure we identify the breakdown correct to going forward. Tom Rock. Joe, you talked to Daniel about the last throw, and do you think he could have run there with the timeout in your pocket? Again, obviously, it's easy on the sideline or, or watching on TV, you know, than different than what he may see in his own eyes. Uh, we'll go through the tape collectively with the team tomorrow morning before we take off and head back to New Jersey. Uh, but I haven't spoken to Daniel specifically just yet about that. Do you feel like this season starts next week against the, the Cowboys because of the way the division is lined up? I think it's important for us next week as we start a division run that we play our best football. Dunleavy. I'll come back Joe, to you. Joe, the, Joe, the offensive line, uh, five sacks. It would have been six without a penalty. Uh, I think four were early in the game. What did you think of their play? 
Did they get better? And does Daniel Jones and the receivers, are they contributing to this pressure? Daniel holding the ball and the receivers not getting open. Well, first off, there's never one person who's responsible for everything, okay? It's a team game. All the pieces have to fit together, and everything complements each other. You know, in terms specifically to the offensive line, I did see an improved unit this week. I think these guys are getting better overall. You play a team like the Rams, who's got an outstanding pass rush, you just can't lose your mind when they make plays. You have to move on to the next play and keep pushing forward to be productive. That being said, we've got to eliminate some of the easy plays we made for them early in the game. And when it came down the stretch, I liked the way the offense line really played and stood in there. I thought they held up for the most part against a very stout rush. Um, obviously not enough to take some of the production off the line all right, that the Rams have. But you play a good defense like the Rams, they're going to make some plays too. Lombardo? Hey, Joe. Um, Daniel now has 17 interceptions, which is more games than he started. Is it concerning that for the second week in a row, he's kind of telegraphed to throw that wound up getting picked off either at the end of the half or the end of the game? Yeah, again, I got to look at the tape a little bit specifically before we talk to the players and figure out everything that happened in those last plays, Matt. Um, but again, I mean, we're building with our team going forward. We have confidence in our players, and we got to keep working and put them in positions to be successful. Art. Hey, Joe, uh, you had Matt Parrott out there at right tackle late in the first half, and then Cam came back, obviously, to start the third quarter. We, we didn't see anything injury-wise. Was that a coach's decision, and uh, what was behind the move, and, and then to go back to Cam? No, we're just going to play all the guys who are at the game, Art. So there's really nothing, you know, that happened in the game that dictated anything that, you know, we did substitution-wise on either side of the ball. But we go in every game. We take guys at the game. We have a plan for how we're going to use them. Maybe it's situation, excuse me, situationally in a certain substitution package or for a certain play. And maybe it's just want to get them out there and get them a couple series under the belt. You know, these are young guys. Obviously, they didn't have a preseason to really gain experience. So we've got to build them in throughout the season of using them selectively to give them some experience on the field. Was there any thought to keeping Pert out there? It seemed like you were gaining a little bit of momentum at the end of the first half. I'll have to take a look at everything that happened right there, Art. But look, we're going to look to use all of our players every game, you know, whatever we think is the best chance of us to be successful. Thanks. Jordan? You're on mute, Jordan. Jordan, Jordan. you're on mute. We'll come back to Jordan. Right, I'm Jordan. not on mute. You hear me? I got you now. All right. I said it wasn't on mute. Uh, what do you even say to 11.75 points per game through four weeks? I say we got to keep improving, Jordan. Right now, our, our defense is doing some good things out there. we got to keep improving in the kicking game. Offensively, I like some of the things we saw down the stretch safe from the offense. Got to get the ball in the end zone more. But we just got to keep pushing going forward, keep making corrections and adjustments, and get better as we go down the stretch. And also on a separate note, I know you you uh, you said you got to talk to Golden. Did you talk? You, there's obviously past history between those two guys. Uh, did you talk to him before the game? And was this a concern of yours coming into this week? Golden's a competitive guy. We talk to all of our players every week about different things. I'll keep some of the conversations between our players, just between me and the players. Um, we don't want to have happen at the end of the game what had happened. That's not the way we want to be as a team. I don't know all the details yet. I got to look in that more, Jordan, before I really have any comments to make on it. But you say, you know, you're not going to talk about the specifics, but was was there a conversation? What, throughout the week? Yeah, about the, yeah, with him. Yeah, Jordan, again, I, I'd like to keep those conversations between me and Golden or me and any of the players that we have conversations going to the game. I respect the question. I understand fully where you're coming from. I've just got to keep certain things protected with me and the team. We'll take three more, Ed, Mark, and Chris. Ed. Joe, just wanted to, to ask two fourth down situations, I think, in the second half where you, I think, uh, in Rams territory where you chose to punt. That's just a matter of trusting your defense? It's just the best decision we thought at the time for the team. Our defense is playing good. You know, we're winning the field position. We want to put them on down there on a long field and let our defense play. Mark? I think we've gone for an, on enough fourth downs. We're not afraid to go for it at the right time. But I've got to call it based on what I think is best for the team at that time. Thank you. Mark? Yeah, Joe, I know it's hard to extract positive stuff uh, when you're 0-4 and whatnot, but can you speak to what your defense did today? I mean, the Rams were a pretty high-powered group coming in. You held them to maybe half of – almost half of what they, they've been gaining. And, and what kind of hope does that give you moving forward here a little bit as you kind of try to pluck some positive things out of here? Look, I love the way our defense is playing right now. Obviously, third down's been a big emphasis for us as a team. They improved on that today. You know, they've been a good early down defense as well. I like the way our front plays, our back end's improving on a weekly basis. 
we have good energy. We're getting great communication across the board. I think Pat and his staff are doing a great job calling this right here. I'm proud of the way the guys work every week to improve and get better. And I like the way they fought today. Last question here, Chris. Coach, to piggyback that a little bit, um, was there an emphasis on physical play with the defense? It seemed to be the most physical game they played. And you went to your third corner today with Ryan Lewis. Could you talk about how, what you saw in him? Yeah, I'd say first off, forget about depth charts. Anyone who's at the game is going to play for us. So whether we look at him as a first, second, third, whatever, if you're at the game, you're expected to play. So, you know, we don't hold a lot of value on so-called depth charts. If you're at the game, you're there to play. So that's really not important to us as a team. You know, and I'd say in terms of the physicality, yeah, we put a big emphasis on being a physical team. You know, I've said that from day one. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. You know, we want to be a tough physical team, and that's the way – that's our style of coaching. That's our style of playing. That's what we have to be collectively as a team. All right. Thanks, Coach. You're off, All right, so that was Joe Judge's press conference brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit MBUSA.com today as the Giants – Fell to the Rams 17-9 in L.A. Clearly a lot of questions about the lack of offensive production. And, Bob, I think this is a telling statistic. The Giants are 2-for-10 in the red zone this season. They were 0-for-4 today. That was tied for 31st coming in. It's probably going to stay around that, if not go solely to the basement. And the fact that the Giants also still have a minus-4 turnover differential. You combine both of those factors, very hard to score, very hard to win games. Yeah, because they don't have... uh... They don't have any game breakers really on either side of the ball that's going to single-handedly, you know, just make some extraordinary play like you'll see from other teams, you know, the better teams in the NFL. And, you know, I think one of the positives is the fact, Carl, you know, coach was asked about positives. I think one of the positives is they did move the ball better today. I mean, they did. They did move after the first, you know, after the first couple series, they got into a little bit of an offensive rhythm. Uh, again, their margin of error is so slim because they don't have a guy like when they had Odell Beckham Jr. who you could throw on a first and 10 from your own 33-yard line, a six-yard slant, and he splits the safeties, and suddenly the stat sheet has a 67-yard touchdown. They don't have a guy like that. So, I mean, it's it's hard to win when you don't have home run threats, but I think the positives are that they developed some drives today and more importantly, they played much better defense than they did a week ago against a Rams team that wasn't injured coming into the game. Right, and the thing is, Bob, they gave themselves a chance, but you see why their record is what it is because they didn't make the crucial plays when their opportunities were there. Simple. Bob, Carl, we appreciate the insight as always. We will speak to you next week when the Giants head to Big D to play the Cowboys. All right, M-E-D-O-W, good chatting with you. There you go. All right, Bob and Carl weighing in here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, and they just talked about that prolific Rams offense that was coming in, averaging 30 a game, seventh in the NFL. Giants held them to 17, but the offense only produced nine points. We'll step aside, come back. We'll talk about that rushing attack that did emerge for the Giants. Unfortunately, it didn't translate to points, and we'll get your feedback at 877-337-6666. Hang tight. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Goff takes the shotgun sack. Back to throw. Nobody's open. He's going to get sacked by Fackrell. Back at the 18-yard line. Nobody was open. And then Kyler Fackrell picked up his second sack of the season. Good job there on the back end of the defense. And Fackrell just outworking the tackle there. And the quarterback slid right into his arm. Yeah, Andrew Whitworth had him blocked initially. But Kyler Fackrell picks up the sack. And that was the play of the game brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. One of two sacks for the Giants against the Rams. Austin Johnson came through with the other. Johnson also forced a fumble that James Bradbury recovered. But here's the problem also. It's not a matter of simply the Giants not being able to punch it into the end zone. They can't capitalize off of those limited takeaways. They've got four takeaways now on the season. All four of those takeaways have equated to field goals. Not one touchdown off a change in field position. And once again, when a high-octane offense like the Rams coming in averaging nearly 30 a game gives you a gift like that where the ball is coughed up, 
you have to be able to punch it in, especially in a low-scoring affair like this, and the Giants just were unable to do that. As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow with you. Giants falling to the Rams 17-9. Let's take you through the Giants' power report, brought to you by PSENG, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. On the ground today, by far their best rushing performance, 25 carries for 136 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. So all of those numbers across the board were season highs. To actually put things further in perspective, the Giants had just 170 rushing yards in the first three games combined. They nearly equated that total in the fourth game alone. Wayne Goldman, 6 for 45. Daniel Jones ran six times for 45 yards. Devontae Freeman, 11 for 33. And Goldman provided a spark with a 26-yard run. That was actually the first... 20-plus yard run that the Rams surrendered this season. Coming into this game, they had not allowed a run for over 20 yards. Their numbers didn't jump off the page in terms of rushing yards per game, but they certainly were not giving up the big play. And the Giants were able to move the football on the ground today, which was encouraging. The problem is the offense stalled once they got inside the 20. And a lot of people bring up time of possession. It's one of my favorite statistics. People tend to get too caught up in it. You milk the clock. You rest your defense, you wear down the opposing defense. Well, Giants had the ball for over 33 minutes. They've got nine points to show for it. So in the end, time of possession's great. Sounds nice. If it doesn't translate and is synonymous with touchdowns, it really doesn't hold a great deal of weight. 877-337-6666 is the telephone number. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. Let's head back to the phone lines as we move along here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. And let's hear from Robbie in Lenox, Massachusetts. What's happening, Robbie? How are you, Lance? I just want to talk about Joe Bizarchik and Larry Heater today. I feel like I'm going to throw back to the 70s and set the way back machine. Right? It's just ridiculous. This is not about the defense. I was really proud of this defense, except for the big play. The guys played hard. They played well enough to win. This is about the offense. And what's interesting to me is that when Shermer was coach, look, he wasn't a good coach. We all know that. But he's certainly a better offensive coordinator than the Clapper, okay? When they brought Jason Garrett on board, I have seen too many times when the Dallas Cowboys were on drives to win games, and this guy won't take shots in the end zone. How many times do I have to do this at the end of a game where this guy won't take a shot in the end zone? And also, too, you have to catch the ball. The drop passes are driving me crazy. But, I mean, the vertical game, can we stop with the horizontal passes? I'll give you a couple things, a couple notes. First of all, Wayne Garrett, Wayne Gallman is a very good player, and so is Devontae Freeman. And today they ran the ball well. But this is all about a young quarterback who can't get rid of the ball fast enough and cannot make mistakes like throwing the ball and telegraphing it. This kid has potential, okay? The line played better, Lance. There was significant improvement on this team today. And I remember Bill Parcells' first year year at 3-12-1, okay? This is a majority of this team is young. I agree. But today, the defense played well enough to win. This is about a young quarterback who makes too many damn mistakes. This is all there's to it. Now, the question is, is he a good enough quarterback to pick seventh in the draft? Is there somebody out there that we should have waited for? What should we have done? Have, should we have gone through a year where we could have picked up a Teddy Bridgewater or a player that could, you know, uh, play a couple of years before we actually draft the young quarterback? But this is about offense that's disgraceful. I mean, it's a joke. Look at all the young quarterbacks that are scoring. But look at Burroughs today. I'm not saying that, that he's Burroughs. Nobody's Burrow right now. This kid's tremendous. But Lance, I mean, what in the world? Nine points, three touchdowns in, in four weeks? This team played well enough to win today. The problem is, is Jason Garrett. He is the major problem and a young quarterback who turns the ball over. Anyway, I'll get your thoughts, and thank you for the time. All right, Robbie, appreciate the phone call. Well, I don't think that anybody would disagree that the turnovers have to stop. I mean, the Giants haven't played a clean football game all season long, so no disagreement there. As far as bringing the other young, young quarterbacks into the conversation, remember, personnel around the young quarterbacks is an important part of the conversation. Context matters. Joe Burrow, for example, he may not have a great offensive line, but he's got Tyler Boyd, he has A.J. Green, he has a number of weapons, T. Higgins, a rookie wide receiver, Joe Mixon in the backfield, okay? Daniel Jones is not exactly working with that. You know, C.J. Board is in the lineup right now, and the reason being is because Sterling Shepard's banged up and Saquon Barkley's hurt. So when you evaluate some of these other young quarterbacks, you have to take into consideration the personnel around the quarterbacks. And as far as throwing it deep, listen, they took a shot to Darius Slayton in the end zone. It was too high. They had opportunities to Evan Ingram over the middle. 
Rams defense poked the ball away, at least on two of those passes. There was another one to Slayton earlier in the first half where Slayton had the ball in his hands. Ball was knocked out by Troy Hill, the corner. So, you know, some of these plays is not necessarily a reflection of the Giants offensive personnel. It's also the defense being able to break up passes. But guys around the quarterback have to make plays as well. It's not just necessarily on the quarterback alone. We'll step aside. We'll come back. Jeff Fiegels will be joining me as we continue to break down the Giants' 17-9 loss to the Rams as they look to now move towards Big D and the Dallas Cowboys next week in their first divisional game as they still seek their first win of the season. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. With Jeff Fiegels, I'm Lance Meadow. We're recapping the Giants' 17-9 loss to the Rams in L.A. as the Giants now fall to 0-4 for the first time since 2017. And Jeff, this has been an ongoing discussion that you and I have had over the last few weeks. Just the inability of the offense to cap off lengthy drives with scores. Moving the ball hasn't necessarily been an issue over the course of these first four weeks, but showing something for those drives, Jeff, has been the Achilles heel of this offense. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I, I heard a caller mention earlier that this Giants offense, you know, they're, they are not up to, up to standard with what's going on in the National Football League, for sure. You know, scoring is at a, at a very high rate. And I think that when you get down into the red zone, like you said, Lance, they're 0 for 4 today. They're 2 and 10 on the season. Um, something's got to give. It's uh, play calling. Is it design? Uh, is what is it? And um, you know, if you look at this game, um, without a few mistakes, this this team beats the uh, Rams today. They really do. Um, they if they can score some of those, sometimes in the into red zone, they got a chance to beat the Rams team today. If they don't give up one play on a busted coverage for a 55 yard strike down to Cooper Cup. He's, that this game is in the back. They've got it going. Um, got to be very proud of this team, the way they, they did play, their defense played. It's not easy to come off. Listen, I played this game a long time. It's not easy to come off a, 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 a butt whooping as they did last week and then go on the road all the way out to Los Angeles and play a team that's, um, that's really good. They can put some points up on you. Your defense did not play well last week. They were on the field for 40 minutes. And um, listen, you know, one play and, uh, next thing you know, um, they held a good offense to 17 points. And you mentioned it earlier, Lance, two times this season that this Giants defense has held the opponent to 17 points. That equates to wins most of the time in the National Football League, and it certainly should now because the Giants are, are just abysmal in the, in the red zone. They yeah. really are. They've got to fix it or they're just going to get beat the rest of the way. 100%. You give up 17 points to the Bears, you only score 13. You give up 17 to the Rams, you only score 9. And the one glaring statistic, Jeff, if you recall, coming into this game was what? The inability of the Giants' defense to get off the field on third down, right? Mm-hmm. With opponents converting 58% of the time. And the Rams, second in the NFL. Well, you held the Rams <clears throat> 5 of 13 on third down. So if you go through the check marks, you say, hey, the yeah. defense did enough, but the offense didn't meet them halfway. And what do you mm-hmm. use a lot, Jeff? Complementary football, right? Yeah. With yep. each phase yep. contributing or meeting you at the midway point, there was no complementary football to be found today. There wasn't, and that's, that's something that you uh, are trying to get every week, you know, that complimentary football in all three phases. But, you know, they just can't they just can't put it together. But I, I will tell you that, you know, we did see a lot of good things in this game. And I like, you know, I'm always the kind of guy that looks at the glass half full and a lot of this stuff. And I know that people probably may call me a homer and this and that. But the bottom line is, is that this team is young. We have looked at this team on paper. We talked about it on paper. We have to understand that what you want to see from this Giants team is week by week improvement in certain areas. And then once those areas are improved upon, they become consistent. And once those, those areas are consistent, you start to get wins. Right now, we're just the Giants are trying to put those together. Um, and this was a tough loss for them because this was another game that we talk about in just the early season, four games into it. Um, Two of the four, I, I believe the Giants could be sitting at two and four right now when you think about it. It's that coulda, woulda, shoulda game that, that everybody wants to have. And especially yep. in a division right now where if they just had one win, just one win, you're competing. You yeah. are, you're right in the thick of things. Especially with Washington and <laughs> Dallas right now at one and three, and the Giants will have an opportunity. They'll be next facing week. the Cowboys next week, yeah. and we'll certainly get into that game a little bit later on. But as Jeff mentioned, encouraging signs on the defensive side of the ball. Well, when we come back, we'll hear from a key ingredient on that side of the ball in Blake Martinez. Hang tight. We'll be back right after this.
You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. He's Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow as we're recapping the Giants' 17-9 loss to the Rams in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. Defense held an explosive Rams offense to just 17 points, but it wasn't enough. And speaking of the defense, that now brings us to Blake Martinez chatting with the media, brought to you by Toyota, the official vehicle of the Giants. Here's what Blake had to say. Blake, um, very physical today. Coach, Coach Judge just talked about how they always emphasize being physical. But today, how was your overall, how was you assess the way your defense played? physicality-wise, and you held this team to 240 yards. What was the key to that today? Yeah, I mean, I've, we've been kind of saying it each and every week. Um, I think a lot of people didn't take it seriously when we were saying it. It was just every single week we're hurting ourselves. There's nothing teams are doing that we can't stop, no matter who's out there, who's on the field, who's up, um, what personnel we have in. We can go and compete against anybody. And I think today we showed that, um, but we also showed the still – the things that are hurting us, um, we just got to keep fixing those things and keep kind of minimizing those as much as possible. Bruce Beck. Blake, what would you think of the effort of your defense overall, the way that you guys were fighting? No, I think it was awesome. I think that's the type of team we want to be. And I think overall it's something that we'll hold our hat high on. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's a production league, and it's it's getting wins, um, and that's what that's what we want. And I think we're not going to be satisfied until that happens. Don Levy, Don Blake, Levy. Blake, <laughs> yep. Uh, just uh, we're obviously not there. What happened from your vantage point at the end of the game with the fight on the field? Uh, I wasn't even near it, so I I couldn't even tell you anything about it. Um, so yeah, it's kind of. Where I was at. As a captain, will you address it with the guys? Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of a, a coach issue. And then at that point, um, we we know what we have to do, kind of moving forward, and just focus on that. Mark. Yeah, Blake. Did you have uh, what did you see on that uh, cup touchdown there? It looked like maybe there was a mix up in the coverage, and there were no safeties in the middle of the field. Or uh, what, what? What did you see there? Yeah, I think there was something there, um, but I think for me, I just have to go back to the tape and see um, what kind of went wrong. I can't really kind of say right now exactly pinpoint where it was at or um, who it was or whatever situation um, you kind of are looking for right now. Um, I can't really answer that. We'll take two more, Duggan and Jordan. Duggan. Hey, Blake, uh, obviously the defense got off to a rough start. What do you think changed? Because, you know, that first drive seemed like the Rams uh, sort of had their way and then you guys really tightened up. Oh, yeah. I mean, our, th- our kind of game plan going into the game was making that type of team uh, keep having to snap the ball. And I think both their drives were 15 play drives or whatever, at least close to that. Um, and at that point, we knew um, that type of team didn't want to have to keep doing that. And so they were, I think maybe went away from some things or kind of went back to some things, whatever way you want to think of it. And at that point, we just kept sticking to what we were doing and we were making adjustments and making plays. Thanks. Last one here, Jordan. Hey, Blake, you hear me all right? Yep. All right. I'm just curious, what's it like for you guys as a defense when your offense is averaging, you're watching your offense struggle and average 11.75 points per game? I um, mean, it's one of those things where we're all a team. I think for each and every one of us, we all kind of have things we have to keep improving and keep getting better at. Um, and I think it's a process. I think a lot of people um, kind of write us off, think that something's wrong, kind of just think they know exactly how to fix everything. Um, but for us, we're just working as a team. And I know it's going to keep getting better each and every week. Um, and I saw a lot of improvement all across the board today. So that was Blake Martinez speaking with reporters. He led the way with 13 tackles, eight solo, one for loss. You could pretty much give the player of the game award to just about anybody on the defensive side of the ball. But we are going to go with Kyler Fackrell. Four tackles, all solo, had a sack, 
quarterback hit and three tackles for a loss and left the game with a neck injury but did return. He's the player of the game brought to you by the members and contractors of Local 825 Operating Engineers, ELAC 825 Building Our Future. As the Giants fall to the Rams 17-9 in Los Angeles, we'll step aside, come back. Jeff Fiegels will rejoin me as we'll try to make sense of what the offense can do as they seek their first victory of the season next week against the Dallas Cowboys, a team that gave up 49 points in a loss to the Cleveland Browns today. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Jeff Fiegel's with me, Lance Meadow, as we cruise along here, recapping the Giants' 17-9 loss to the Rams. Today's scoring drive of the game is brought to you by Investors Bank. Get the official New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. Visit InvestorsBank.com slash Giants for more details. And the scoring drive of the game, we take you to the very last drive of the second quarter as the Giants put together a 13-play, 56-yard drive, took 352 off the clock. They settled for a field goal. Graham Gano 37 yards, but they had moved the ball much more effectively on that drive alone compared to anything else in the first half. And, Jeff, that really is sort of a microcosm of the game where the Giants had their moments, right? They put the Rams' defense with its back against the wall. You get into the red zone, and either you have a self-inflicted wound, such as a penalty, you have an incomplete pass, a high throw into the end zone, and you're settling for three points as opposed to perhaps six. Yeah, I mean, because you look at the plays, they're, they're running down the field, and they're executing those, especially that drive. It was a really, it was really nice. It's nice, you know, like we ta- said at halftime, it's nice to see – the Giants go down and score before the half because the other teams have been doing that against the Giants uh, repeatedly here the last few weeks. So, um, I, I, you know, I think they're getting close, Lance. I just think that, you know, once you get down into that red zone, as you know, defensively, um, you can limit a team to doing a lot of different things in that situation because the field collapses on you a little bit. Um, you can no longer go for the long throws and, and the crossing pattern that you you can really stretch the defense with. And I think that the Giants got to come up with some more creativity and some ways to get the ball into some guys' hands. And, you know, listen, Daniel Jones has got to make a better throw. Um, and he's got to do some things better and before this team is going to win. And that's decision-making. Uh, we talked about it in our pregame, a little bit in our scouting report about what Daniel Jones can do about the turnovers. Um, well, he did a good job with that today, except the last drive of the game. And um, we saw that again, um, and that's kind of rears its ugly head. And turnovers are just going to cost you games, and they've done that. And it comes at the worst possible oh, time, man. right? Really I mean, that's really what it comes down to, Jeff, because it is interesting. You play clean football till the very, very end. You have a second and five at the Rams' 16-yard line. You're down by eight points. You need to get in the end zone and then a two-point conversion to force overtime. And that's the one moment when you're just about knocking on the door that Darius Williams gets an interception on a throw that was behind the receiver. And Mm -hmm. it once again shows up that the Giants have had at least one turnover in each of their four games. And it's no surprise. Yeah, it was a heck of a play. play. It really was. And, um, you know, you're watching that game and you're saying, hey, this could be be it. Obviously, if they had to score a touchdown, which has been difficult. And not to mention, you know, a two point conversion in that situation, because the Giants can't score in the red zone normally, to get a two point conversion would be just as difficult. 100%. Be like moving (laughs) mountains. That's exactly right. So don't get all excited that they scored the touchdown just think they got to score the two point two so that's back-to-back touchdowns um that that could be really really difficult that's a great point hard enough to get into the end zone when you have tight space now the defense knows you're in tight quarters trying to go for two doesn't necessarily make the task any easier well stick with us if you are listening to us on the fan in new york we'll be right back with more post-game coverage but before we do that very important to note a very special thanks to technical operator robert carl for his great assistance throughout the course of this program. But it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network and on the Giants' digital platforms. The final score once again, Rams 17, Giants 9, as the Giants fall to 0-4, and the Rams improve to 3-1. Next task will be to start divisional play in Dallas against the Cowboys next Sunday. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants radio network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.